20 off where Obi-Wan is approaching Kamino. Uh, he takes, he kind of sets himself apart from his uh, external hyperdrive uh, and then flies into Kamino and he's greeted at the door by a very tall, skinny white alien. Meanwhile, uh, back on, I, I guess, Naboo, they're uh, determining what exactly they're going to do in their next political step regarding Padme and uh, they kind of fly off to the palace to find some refuge, and there Anakin and Padme have a little one-on-one -on -one time. Yeah, so anime, uh, anime, <laughs> Anakin and Padme, uh, that actually, how's, how's that never come up before? I have no idea, but, <laughs> so anime are often together, and, uh, they're kind of, kind of sharing some stories a little bit about, uh, their childhood and the different kind of backgrounds that they grew up in Padme saying how much she loves where she comes from Anakin saying how much he hates where he comes from but that Naboo that Naboo like her is beautiful and uh he's very happy to be there uh Obi-Wan is uh back on Kamino he gets an audience with the the prime minister of Kamino who informs him that the whole production of clones the army was commissioned by someone named sifo which Obi-Wan then informs them has been dead for at least as far as he's concerned, about a decade. And they're like, well, we know nothing about that, but this is our production line. What do you think? And he's like, very impressive. Yes. So they kind of take him on a tour of the Cam the Kaminoan cloning factory. Uh, you see different stages of clones, people who are kind of children age uh, to more of a kind of combat ready. Uh, they find out that the clones are modeled after a bounty hunter named Jango Fett. Obi-Wan is intrigued by this and asks if he can meet this Jango Fett. Uh, the Kaminoans say, sure, we'll bring you to him. Uh, interestingly enough, he had only two requests. Uh, he gets paid a ton of money, mm -hmm. and he also gets one unaltered clone that does not have accelerated aging to keep as his own cloned son of himself. Who, of course, we know immediately is Boba Fett. Exactly. Uh, meanwhile, back uh, with, with anime, he's getting real handsy. They're in a dark and dimly lit room and he uh, unloads all of his secret feelings and they kiss and he kind of gets frustrated and she tells him, no, it's never going to work. Yeah. So that's a bit of a, of a blur of a couple ones, but uh, they have their kind of romantic time in the field playing and kind of joking back and forth at each other. And uh, that's, that's a far kind of more toned back Anakin and Padme relationship. And right. you, you see it as much more like young 20 year olds in love as opposed to Shakespearean tales. And Anakin and Padme have a kiss that they agree that shouldn't have happened. And then Anakin, like you said, has that really brooding uh, kind of dialogue with her in front of the fireplace. Sexually they, frustrated. Yeah. As they essentially just <laughs> discuss that it's just like, this won't work in the long run. So let's not go down this rabbit hole. It's bad for both of us and it'll end really, really bad for both of us. Obi-Wan uh, meets Jango Fett in Jango's little Kaminoan apartment. And it's pretty tense right away. And it's pretty clear that Obi-Wan has a hunch that this might be the very bounty hunter who he chased down on Coruscant like in the last week. But they're not really cluing into that, or at least they're not really owning up to it. Uh, Jango Fett says he's never heard of this sifo character, but that his involvement in the clone army was commissioned by someone named Tyrannus. Exactly. And so from there, uh, clearly Jango Fett knows that Obi-Wan is suspicious of him. And seeing as he looked down the scope and shot Zam and clearly knows who Obi-Wan is, uh, he tells Boba that they've got to go. Uh, as Obi-Wan's leaving, he in kind of calls Yoda and Mace Windu to basically give them a full update on this massive turn of events where there's a massive Republic clone army at their disposal 
modeled after a bounty hunter who may have been involved in assassinate or an attempt to assassinate a descendant of Naboo. Right. He sends back that transmission to Yoda and Mace Windu and they're like, can you please bring him to us? And he says, I'll do what I can do. Exactly. And that's the 20. That's the end of the 20. Interesting that this 20 is made up of one of my favorite short storylines in and Star Wars, which is which is the Camino storyline. Love Camino so it's much. Excellent. And I think maybe the least favorite, the certainly the most mocked Star Wars plot line Absolutely. ever. And there were parts of it, though, that are, it's a shame because if you kind of pick and choose a couple key parts, it's not so bad. I totally agree. My main observation was, uh, notwithstanding, uh, I don't like sand, it gets everywhere. And of course, that sexually frustrated uh, tirade he goes on. Mm. I actually don't mind some of that development. And, no. in, and in particular, when they're discussing politics and Anakin is explaining how he thinks the, yes. the government should work. And she's like, but that sounds like dictatorship to me. I don't think the system works. How would you have it work? We need a system where the politicians sit down and discuss the problem. Agree what's in the best interest of all the people, and then do it. That's exactly what we do. The, the trouble is that people don't always agree. Well, then they should be made to. By whom? Who's going to make them? I don't know. Someone. You? Of course not me. But someone. Someone wise. Sounds an awful lot like a dictatorship to me. Well... If it works. I think that's amazing foreshadowing. I think it's excellent because then you also kind of goes on the notion of, uh, what was his line right after that? Um, oh, he was just joking. I forget what the exact line was or, uh, and I'd be, I'd be much too frightened to tease a Senator. Oh, it was uh, the thing where, uh, I think previous to that, it was the thing where she's like, you don't like politicians. And he's like, I like two or three, one I'm not so sure about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, oh, I'd be much too frightened to tease a Senator. And right. Uh, it, it's it's really kind of it's it's nice back and forth and it makes sense. Anakin showing off by like kind of riding those weird buffaloish things yes. and falling off, like all that works. The stupid rolling through the fields is ridiculous as yeah. they laugh, like the end of an episode of fucking Franklin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But specifically, like there's also another one that I really quite liked, and it's bad after they kiss in the sense of Padme pulls her like head away in kind of a very like. <gasps> can't do this sort of thing but right. i love hayden christensen's acting okay he does an exceptional job of just being a super confused 19 year old guy who got rejected who got rejected but like he's pulled away like she's kind of kissed me back but okay i'm sorry yep. and like he i forget even if he says specifically um i'm yeah he does say i'm sorry but he has such a look of confusion on his face that is like you really i kind of Okay, I, know, I, know. I, I don't know where you're coming at here. I don't know where I stand with you, but uh, all right. <laughs> totally, and we talked about this recently, so I don't want to be too repetitive, but I think the main reason he appears to be a bad actor is he has to affect that silly accent. Mm -hmm. it, most of the acting, facially, his physicality is just fine. Yeah. He's probably not a bad actor at all, but it's that voice that he is unfortunately kind of uh, chained to. Uh-huh. And you know what? It's a silly line, but the one about sand... I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. Not like here. Here everything is soft. It's not a terrible line. No, it's... it's. It really isn't. It's funny because it's lame. Yeah. But at the same time, it makes sense that he would say that. Yeah. 
I mean, it doesn't make sense that he would be so forward as to say, it's not smooth like you, and then rub his hand up and down her bare back. Like your bum. Yeah. (laughs) No, I know. I think it's, I I, I agree. And I think probably when George wrote that line, he was thinking, I'm really quite clever, aren't I? Uh, Careful of the drip on your coffee mug. It's going to fall on your iPad. iPad. Thanks. Um, Because you're right. It, It really is something he would feel. And it's corny. It's not more corny than a lot of lines he's forced to say. For whatever no. reason, that line has become the ultimate meme of the prequels. Uh, and so that's, it's just, it's just the way it, it turned out to be. It's quite memorable. But, but leading up to that line, she's talking about her childhood. And she's mm. talking about how we loved the water. And I kind of forgot that I Don't Like Sand was coming right up next. I mm. knew it was pretty soon. But when she says we love the water, my first thought was, that's a good brother or sister line to I Hate the Sand. Mm-hmm. It well, kinda, not brother it, sister, but no. I just mean like it's that line is. A, oh, I see. What you mean. A it sibling. mirrors it. Yeah, it mirrors that. It's Absolutely, a, it reflects that that idea, and it really uh, is the main distinguisher between who they are fundamentally as people. She had a very wonderful, idyllic upbringing, mm. and he had a horrific one. And that's the same kind of similar, uh, not the full same, but Leia had very much an exposed upbringing. Yep. Whereas she was not sheltered to the fullest extent but she had a very idealistic upbringing Mm -hmm. luke did not have an idealistic upbringing it was very kind of poor and boring but at the same time he was sheltered so it's kind of interesting in the sense that they they each trade a certain element uh but kind of retain that key element of their childhood as well well luke didn't have uh, he didn't have a bad childhood a tragic childhood but he felt terribly like he was missing out on something exactly and so leia was the kind of the other extreme but one thing in the script it actually has anakin agreeing uh how much he loves the water as well okay which makes sense because it's yes. been 10 years that he's been out in the boat and so he's seen tons of water well yeah but i, I never knew there was this much green in the whole galaxy exactly yes it blends it perfectly yeah. and that's what i thought of specifically that's exact line from ray because really works so much better that way to have him follow up i love it too and then to talk about how much he hates sand Mm -hmm. because it just reminds him of his childhood and those sort of things so it makes it it really does work when you add some padding to it and the padme lines are just as worse if just as bad if not worse definitely yeah uh like uh but you used to lie in the sand and let the sun dry us and try to guess the names of the birds singing just as bad but part of it like she is given an out because she's won an academy award Mm -hmm. like like she was able to overcome padme yeah and he was not able to overcome anakin so he's an easier target yeah of course now all of that apologism aside there is some serious problems with this whole storyline for example, not, not even the storyline, just like what it's filled with. For example, when she's talking about her first boyfriend when she was 12, and he gets so jealous and brooding about it. I loved that. She was 12. No, no, no. But I liked the way that he did it because she was talking about it and he asked, and then she kind of goes on a little further. Like, yeah, oh, he, he was really right. cute. He you're was right. a couple years older. He had curly hair. And Anakin doesn't so much get like brooding and mad. He just turns away from her and it's just like, I get it. You're like, right. Stop talking about That's him now. That's a fair point. She was trying to get his goat. Yeah, and he just is like, "Okay, fine. You called me on it." <laughs> and he went to be an artist, and I went to be in politics. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I actually like, and those kind of key things like that, and the couple little teasing things he does with her, I actually think is pretty good. All right, but it is totally ruined by the fireplace scene. That's right. I'm haunted by the kiss that you never should have given me. That is the, the it's the worst line in all of Star Wars. Wow, and I, I, it really has to be. Okay, it really does have to be the full one. From the moment I met you, all those years ago. Not a day has gone by when I haven't thought of you. 
now that I'm with you again. I'm in agony. The closer I get to you, the worse it gets. The thought of not being with you. I can't breathe. I'm haunted by the kiss that you should never have given me. My heart is beating, hoping that that kiss will not become a scar. You are in my very soul, tormenting me. What can I do? I will do anything that you ask. I mean, it's one thing if he's been in love with her since he was nine years old or whatever, but to say that he's haunted by the kiss she never should have given him, that she gave him like six, six hours, hours ago. ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You've really been tortured by this all afternoon, which has, by all other accounts, been a very lovely afternoon. That's true. However, I guess you can kind of see it as she's kind of put her foot down. He kind of sees this day as progressing a certain way. Right. And it gets to a certain sort of, might I say, climax that doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like you said, it's that sort of like, well, shit. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's sexually frustrated. Absolutely. He gets... He, he's really has been waiting kind of 10 years to see her again he's shocked that she's interested mm -hmm. and he's kind of saying wait a minute she's really interested wait the fuck are you seriously <laughs> saying that after all this i was hoping you might be interested you are but you're turning me down because you care more about politics right right and then he does go on to agree that yes it would destroy us which is a good line because it's absolutely foreshadowing mm -hmm. the fact that it does. Literally destroy She them. chooses politics. He still chooses her over yep. everything. Yeah. And it destroys him. And ultimately it destroys her. They both die. He destroys her yeah. because of that. Yeah. 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 Well, and what about very early in this 20 when she super busts his balls in front of C.O. Bibble? That's amazing and super cold, though. It's really mean. It's mean as hell. It's and also not, not fair. It's not really true. She says, uh, oh, uh, Anakin's not a Jedi. He's still a Padawan learner. And He's like, not a Jedi Knight. Okay. Yeah. All right. But like. Maybe I just I'm but not, no. I'm I don't. I don't. Even, I don't even remember actually if Co calls him a Jedi Knight though. But like, right. like I don't remember specifically whether he calls him like Jedi or Jedi Knight. But she could say that if Jedi Knight. Yeah. But because he, he's not a Jedi Knight. Yeah. He's a Jedi Padawan, but he's a Jedi. But doesn't she say he's not a Jedi? She might. I actually don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. If she says he's not a Jedi Knight, then it's fair but still rude. If she says he's not a Jedi, that's incorrect and super rude. Yeah. Uh, but it's. This is kind of another instance of where I see them trying to continue the Han and Leia thing a little bit. Mm -hmm. If you watch the last 20 with this 20 back to back, you see it a little bit more. And then it slowly starts to fade away into a little bit more of a friendly teasing. Yeah. It goes from mean teasing to kind of friendly teasing and then into the more sexual tension. Right. But it's it's just kind of interesting, whereas they don't do a good job of it at all because she's mean for literally no reason. Right. Question. When they're having dinner... And it's very uh, heated between them. And he uses the force and he brings the food over. and he The cuts stupid it. pear? Yeah. When he says, if Master Obi-Wan saw me doing this, he'd be very grumpy. It's a stupid line. It uh, is. Uh, would he be grumpy that you're using the force to show off mm -hmm. or that you're, you're eating a pear with a knife and fork? <laughs> no, that you're showing off. Yes, but also pair with a knife and fork. There's nothing wrong with that. All right. Well, the fork part, yes. Yeah, it's very silly. But I eat like almost all fruit with a knife, like I the guess, way a pirate would. I guess I've seen you do that. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And what about the, what are those, uh, I guess they're like cows when he's like riding it like it's a, 
like yeah, a, I said a mechanical similar, like bull. a buffalo sort of thing. But yeah, yeah, I guess they're kind of just like grazing sluggish animals. I don't know what they're called actually. So if you have that as a trivia question, you got me. I don't, but it's 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 like a mechanical bull, but it's like grazing in the grass and he's showing off, and that's super silly. It's silly, but I think it makes sense that he's showing off. It's not bad. It's it's not bad for the character, and he's yeah. still young. Yeah, I think in in things like that that. Uh, I think we all would think back on and be like, oh, that was well done. It's just these couple ones that are surrounding it. Uh, unfortunately, as opposed to emphasizing kind of those key points and, and the decent choices for Anakin, it's all drained away because it's insulated with garbage lines. Now, we've t- talked about the bad part of this 20. Let's talk about the good part. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love Camino so much. It's a shame because Camino, there are some parts of it that haven't kind of held up in the same way. And it looks very, very CGI and digitally yeah. recreated. But there are absolutely some insanely cool things about Camino. Camino. The entire plot line is awesome. I just think it's... Love the external view, especially. It's really well developed. Like, mm. I just really believe it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, it's. I love the outside. Yes. Uh, the inside, like... The super stark white hallways are a little bit weird, and kind of the Prime Minister's room is a little weird. Yep. Uh, But the very kind of cool factory-like creations of the clones and the pods that they're in, like, that is super cool. Yeah, yeah. I I just don't think we see the rain enough in Star Wars. Nope, you're absolutely right. There's not enough water or rain, and I was disappointed in The Last Jedi because I expected, based on the previews, and it wasn't, like, anything against the movie, but I was expecting there to be... Like Ray's Ray's cave scene, she swims down. I, I expect yeah. I thought there was going to be like a sea monster in right. the Last Jedi, right? And I was kind of hoping for there to be a sea monster. I well, thought that could have been cool. You and I have talked about how we're missing that from the the new trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, there's always a bigger fish. Exactly. Uh, but do you think in Episode Nine we'll get a little bit more from that flashback of the Knights of Ren from Force Awakens? In that rain, That's, yeah, I think we have to. I think we got to know what's going on. I think there. we have to figure out that scene, and I'm so excited for Episode Nine, all the things that are coming up. But we'll get to that. But so I actually think the sequence where they show us uh, not just the clones, but specifically the clones being the stormtroopers. Yeah. Uh, and the explanation that goes within the same scene that clearly Boba Fett is one of these clones also. Mm-hmm. I think that all as a package is a reveal in Star Wars that doesn't get its due. It was definitely something that uh, it doesn't. It's not looked back on as a huge twist, really. I don't know if it was spoiled in when the previews. They, when they sh- maybe not. Uh, they weren't very thoughtful about that. Back they were then. terrible back but when then. When they show that white armor on all the clones that they've been talking about this whole movie, mm-hmm. and you realize, oh no, no, that that everybody knew that from the trailers. I guess, but like, just on its own, objectively, if yep. you're watching it and you didn't know. Yep. That should be a big reveal. Yeah, it's cool. However, I mean, we did chat a little bit about this last time on how it may have always been believed that the Stormtroopers were the clones. Yeah. I mean, with all this so discussion of, of the Boba Fett movie that's not now not going to happen. Thank God. Uh, which is a great thing. Um, I already didn't want it to happen. Having watched this 20 again now... I'm so glad it's not going to happen because yep. I didn't even realize how well developed the Boba Fett origin story was. Like, it's all in this 20 man. Apart from his pay, which is considerable, Fett demanded only one thing an unaltered clone for himself. Curious, isn't it? Unaltered? Pure genetic replication, no tampering with the structure to make it more docile, and no growth acceleration. And it's a good story. And there's also like several arcs in Clone Wars about him. And him becoming more of a jaded, mean, 
bounty hunter. So how come he tries to kill Mace Windu with some like an impressive terrorism plot? Really? Well, Mace Windu kills his father. Yeah, you're right. So you're that, right. That's a cool couple episode arc. So I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. How come? Um, how come Boba Fett is such a better warrior than all the stormtroopers? Because he is not held back by morality or indecisiveness. So the stormtroopers... Okay, that's not what I thought, but keep going. So the stormtroopers are held back on a key uh, element that they are dependent on orders. Mm -hmm. So they've been kind of stripped slightly of their independence and their ability to make decisions. Right. Uh, so as a result, Django and Boba have that kind of... In intuition i guess that maybe that's a bit better of a way of put it yep. the, the clones have been trained out of their intuition they have more and, agency exactly and at the same time there's also inhibitor chips in these clones that like ultimately is what order 66 does is um the inhibitor chip is what allows them to not have the morality whereas the people they would fight alongside their generals they have an inability to not kill them right. when they were when they received that order. Right. So that kind of lack of agency, thank you for the term, uh, is really kind of the key key thing. The unaltered elements of Boba Fett make him the same as Jango Fett. So they're able to be ruthless in yeah. a different kind of way. And that ruthless creativity in the way in which they're able to kind of perform attacks. There is a key 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 word in which uh, the Kaminoans described, and it was a nice buzzword that kind of summarizes all this. I don't remember what the word was, but uh, it does. It is. All on the fact that Django and Boba are ruthlessly creative. Yeah. I have another theory. Boba Fett literally had twice as much time to yeah. train. That's that's a great example, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good one. Because he uh, didn't have accelerated growth. Yep, definitely. That's, that's a very fair way of putting it. But the clones are very impressive. Uh, and also, the one key thing is uh, that's kind of ignored. Uh, well, I shouldn't say it's kind of ignored because it really isn't. Uh, in kind of the broader sense, and especially if you're a Legends fan because of all the amazing stories of Boba Fett that were in Legends, but it's the fact that it's a Mandalorian armor. That's yeah. the reason why they're so much stronger as well is because they have a jet pack, they have better blasters, and they have armor that's like significantly stronger than all of the clone trooper armor. It's the best, right? That's the claim to fame of Mandalore. Yeah, Mandalorian. It's, it's it's infused with, I forget the metal that it is in the Star Wars world. But anyway, it makes it like significantly stronger than all other metals um, that are used for armor in the kind of Star Wars galaxy. Right. And so that extra armor, that ability to extra train, the ability to kind of have creative agency, all those things add up to make Boba Fett and Jango Fett the ultimate bounty hunters. Now, tell me everything you know about sifo -Dyas. Uh, not tons. I mean, sifo is a character that not tons of people really know about. Uh, there's a phenomenally cool arc in Clone Wars, and that is one of the ones that you have to watch. All right. Uh, it is one of my favorite arcs in the entire one. It's uh, Yoda. It's one of the last arcs in the entire series. It's Yoda's Force Journey. Mm -hmm. uh, it's actually, I think, the last four episodes of the like, season six of the Clone Wars. Uh, and so it really dives into who sifo was and kind of the plans of Dooku and Palpatine and how they kind of manipulated uh, Yoda's visions into not fully understanding the plans uh, that sifo had and how he was captured. Essentially, all that happened, though, was sifo went out uh, kind of a little bit off on his own. Uh, he was captured and imprisoned, uh, I think, by Palpatine. Uh, and I'll kind of leave it a little bit at that, but he was... Just a Jedi Master who had specific kind of he was he was 
he flirted on the outside, I think similar to the way Qui-Gon and uh, Dooku were a little bit. They were a little bit lost on the dogma of the Jedi. Right. Uh, and he was just someone who, yeah, he he was killed and... and uh, uh, but he was... Taken away. And he, he, he was, was used as a pawn. Okay. But he was there at the first inception of the clone army when it was when it was uh pitched or commissioned yes, to he, the Camino people. He was used as a pawn okay. uh with with Dooku and Palpatine in kind of a creative way. And in Yoda's force vision, Sipodias is he he actually speaks to Yoda, but it's a manipulation of Palpatine's if I remember correctly. And so watch it look into that a little bit more. It's still very confusing. It's not a clear plot line. Sipodias was created because uh, he was supposed to be an alias for Sidious. Right. Um, but it was a typo. Uh, Sidodius. And so they just decided to make a different character. They just character. decided to make it a different character as opposed to having this, who is Tyrannus? And I've never heard of the Jedi Sidodius. Uh, they just made it an old dead Jedi, Sifodius, who's essentially his name got dragged through the mud after the fact. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you want to do some trivia? Yes, absolutely. Should I begin? Go for it. Okay. How many clones are being prepared in the original production order? 200,000. There's a million more on the way, though. That is correct. That's right. You got the bonus point. Woohoo! Very good. Where Sweet. did uh, Jango Fett uh, meet the man called Tyrannus? Uh, one of the moons of Bogdan. Correct. Because that was one of my questions, too. Ah. Yeah. It was my master question, in fact. That was my battle one question. <laughs> you overestimated me. <laughs> ah, sorry. Well, you got it. That's right. Well, so did you. Woohoo! So it's your turn to go next. <laughs> oh, what about the night question? Uh, well, I did that already, didn't I? Oh, no, I didn't. Um... What is the Kaminoan Prime Minister's name? Uh, Lama Su. Yeah, it is. Very good. Okay. Points across the board. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. Uh, Prime Minister. I love his voice. Yeah. He's got such a cool voice. Um, the only other thing that I really wanted to give credit for what won the 20 is how much Boba Fett looks like a younger Jango Fett. Mm -hmm. I think the casting is spectacular and i think we talked before on the podcast about how clever they were even if it seems obvious it's quite clever that they made Django fett an australian actor um i think he's from new zealand he's a, he's a he's a maori okay uh, the the native maori uh, and so both of them are uh, right daniel um daniel logan mm -hmm. that's who plays young boba yep uh, and timu um I apologize, can't remember his last name. Yeah. I always just remember it as Timu. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, uh, they're both Maori, so they were able to pick kind of the, they chose the same uh, ethnicity ethnicity on a small area of the world. Uh, and they, yeah, they did an exceptional job on casting. It's yeah. it's really incredible. And he does such a good job uh, through, like playing all these different clones. And I really, really, really want him to reprise his role as Captain Rex. So Captain Rex is everyone's favorite clone yeah and he's like a big part of the rebellion he's the white bearded guy so he gets older he's yeah he's the white bearded guy in return of the jedi oh so they they retconned it into that because yeah. he accidentally just ended up looking exactly like that character yeah and it made perfect sense okay I, you know i was gonna say kind of i kind of forgot that the clones would in fact age into older age because i was going to say this actor is too old now to play but he can play like a character like Rex. Yeah. And that would be super cool to see him with like a big beard and be a good guy. But he's a clone. So right. of course it makes the sense that he would look like that. Yeah. And he's like a hardcore good guy. He's totally. like one of the best characters. Top 25 character in Star Wars. Do you have any more uh, questions for me? Trivia? Yeah. Uh, my night question is, uh, who is the new queen of Naboo? 
I don't know her name, but I really was interested in all the 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 background that Padme was giving us about how I wasn't the youngest queen ever elected. But now that I think back on it, I'm not sure I was old enough. I'm not sure I was ready. The people you served thought you did a good job. I heard they even tried to amend the constitution so you could stay in office. I was relieved when my two terms were up. But when the queen asked me to serve as senator, I couldn't refuse her. I thought that whole background conversation was pretty well done. And it's very believable and reasonable yes. and all, like just it's a good job. It's good politics and there are things that George does that are great when it yes. comes to the political sense of the prequels and this is one of those things. It was good tidying of what could have been a real mess. It was confusing and yeah. I'm, I'm sure it was very confusing for me as a kid. Yeah. I'm sure I didn't understand this conversation at all but it does a really good job of allowing you to know what took place in her life over the last 10 years. It was hard to understand as a kid why she was queen in the first movie and now she's not a queen anymore. Yeah, like Senator seems like a demotion. It does. Um... Yeah, Queen Jamilia. Okay. Uh, and my final one would be, what are the flying creatures on Camino called? Oh, I don't even know if I noticed flying creatures. Oh, you mean like the big dragon-like thing mm -hmm. that came up from the water? I yep. can tell you. Uh, they have their actual term. They're called Awas. Okay. And their kind of colloquial or, I guess, slang term is their air whales. Air whales. Very cool. Yeah. All However... Right. Uh, the notion of air whales or space whales. Space whales is a different thing from air whales. So space whales are purgles uh -huh. in Star Wars, and they're like massive, massive uh, whales that have like kind of tentacles in the back, and they can travel at the at hyperspeed. Right. So they're kind of a cool creature as well, and they have a big role in Rebels. How did the Kaminoans know that Obi-Wan was coming for so many years? It's because they were like they were on a key schedule and somehow they aligned. Okay. I don't really know why, but you can see that those 200,000 are the first batch and they're just ready. And it would take them obviously 10 years mm -hmm. to be able to become 20 where they could be an age where they could fight. Right. And so it just so happened. And that's why they were a little surprised. Like, oh, it's a Jedi. They finally came. Like right. they haven't contacted us for 10 years. We've been working on this army. Hopefully they're going to friggin' come and pick up their army. Oh, well, it has been the 10 years, and they showed up. They just never contacted us. So they weren't specifically looking for Obi-Wan so much as they were waiting for a Jedi to come. They along. were waiting for a Jedi to come and pick up their army. Yeah, okay. it just so happened that, oh, it'll be ready in a decade, never to be heard from again a decade later. Within that time frame, someone just shows up. It's like, oh, sweet. Right. We've been waiting for you guys. Right. Come see your army. Okay, a couple of quotes I wanted to, to mention. One uh, gives a little bit more apology to the Padme, to the anime story. Um, the dinner sequence, which is largely really terrible, although it begins, which is a good line. He's mid-story. He's talking about some kind of confrontation he's had as oh, a, that is good as a diplomat, and he says, "And we began aggressive negotiations." And she says, "Aggressive negotiations? What are those?" He says, "Ah, oh, well, negotiations with a lightsaber." Yeah, very good line. Yeah, very good line. Excellent line. Uh, and another line I thought, which was uh, very prequely but pretty good, comes from that new queen. She says early on, uh, "The day we stop." Believing in democracy is the day we lose it. Yep. I thought that's like pretty apropos of today in Western society. Uh-huh. Uh, and I thought it was overall a, a good piece of wisdom. Yeah, I thought that was a good line too. I will make another connection to one that was uh, very apropos to today, I should say. Uh, how is Newt Gunray still in office? Yeah. <laughs> and how C.O. Bibble brings that up. It's like 
This guy is insane, and he's an idiot, mm-hmm. and he's essentially a terrorist. How is he still in office? Still a viceroy. Just like Trump. Yep. How is he still in office? <laughs> exactly. And so it's, it's fitting in that regard. I uh, had nothing else for the 20. I, I thought there was lots in there, but that's all I got. Okay, I've got, so I got a few more. Uh, okay. Just a couple lines here. Um, Boba's classic, yep. Okay, yep. <laughs> that's a great line. It's become a huge meme on Reddit now. Yep. Uh, I'm just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe. <laughs> that's a great line. I really like that one. Yeah. It's just a nice, subtle kind of, go fuck off, Obi-Wan. Right. Um, I actually like this one. One of Anakin's ones that is a very Darth Vader line, and it's very cheesy, but I just, I plucked it out of his uh, kind of sexual frustration and quite liked this line. Uh, you're asking me to be rational. That's something I know I cannot do. All right. That is a good line. I don't think I caught that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it's I thought it's quite fitting, especially he's basically just saying, like, when it comes to you, I'm... No. Yeah. That's out the window. And he shows that left, right, and center of these two movies. Yeah. I know what I am. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of a good one. Yep. Um, kind of went through all those lines. I mean, I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. This is something we have to call the episode. I mean, it's ridiculous, but it is the most famous it line is what in we the have to movie. Call the episode, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the pear cutting, it, like the pear, is made of like air. Yeah, it's so clearly it not. It Comes from Michaels there. for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't really have any like nostalgic moments. Uh, no, I guess that's it for me though as well. Okay. Uh, Want to go on to kind of the news and what's going on in the rest of the Star Wars world? Been a couple of weeks, so yeah, what did we miss out on? Uh, just a couple things kind of before we get into kind of more of the cooler news stories. Uh, Solo. So there were the real the reveal as to how Han Solo gets his last name. Yeah. People didn't like that so I liked much. it, but okay. I liked it too, and yep. I like it a lot more now. There's even a new addition to it. Okay. And so it's been kind of expanded upon through the comics, but Solo has a couple meanings to it. So that Imperial officer who gave him the last name Solo, he did that as more of a, like, a, and this is a comparison that, that I, I'm making, not so much as one they made, but Solo is like a star of David. Okay. So by getting a Solo mark, by him being called Solo as his last name, I don't have a people, it means he's a scrum rat. Okay. So by them assigning him the last name of Solo, it's so that everyone in the Imperial Academy knows he is a scrum rat that comes from nothing. That's um he is like the low of the low. It's like the Star of David during World War Two. I'm pretty sure it's like that in Game of Thrones with Jon Snow. I'm pre- him being named Snow means he's a bastard. Okay. Well that's interesting. I didn't know that, but that's yeah. that's what this means. So Solo is that you don't have a people. You're just a pathetic low-life scrum rat gotcha okay which is really cool yeah it i is. think it adds a lot to it and really makes it like in my opinion if you didn't like it before i hope that fixes it for you yep but me i liked it and i like it even more now it gives him another thing to overcome but exactly. the only thing that's missing from it in that scene in the movie is him kind of reacting to that deep insult mm-hmm. i mean he does a little bit if you look at it in the sense of not like it being a deep insult, but he just kind of is like, okay, yeah, fine. It's just kind of a give up Just moment. another thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it kind of works that he wouldn't be insulted at the same time. Or maybe it's not the first time someone's called him that. Oh, it wouldn't have been. Yeah. Like, that's kind of the way you kind of get it. Okay. Uh, so I thought that was kind of cool. Hopefully that can make things a little bit better for those who thought Solo was, was a dud. Does that sustain through the rest of the movies? Like, is that something Luke Skywalker would know? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, that's that's an interesting point, but it, it's on Corellia, so maybe it's something that's a Corellian term. 
It makes uh, me want to hear of, from more solos, not necessarily family members of his, but other people who have been given that plight. Yeah, like Kira, in that same notion, should be Kira solo. Yeah, except for that she did overcome. Yeah, but in the sense of she was still a scrum rat. Yeah. I mean, she's now Kira Crimson Dawn, but right. in that same notion, you should fall into that category, I guess. Yep. Um, Adam Driver. This is a cool thing, and probably not something that he likes now and being known, uh, but he has a kid. Interesting. He has a hidden kid. However, it's not scandalous. It's just him and his wife never told anyone. I think that's awesome. I think it is too. I think that's badass. I he, think it's super cool. He Did you read the interview he did this week where he's talking about how, like, he basically implores people to believe that he's not, like, he is fun. Like, mm-hmm. he's basically wants people like, no, trust me, I, I'm, I'm fine. Like, I'm not... I'm not too intense. No, exactly. But, I, but he's such a professional exactly. in, in a way that you just never see in Hollywood. He, it's almost like he got famous super by accident because he's really good at theater. Was it who's in the Navy or the military? I forget which one. But specifically, like that's going to teach you a certain work ethic. Yeah. And when you're just that kind of person who's very astute and professional about his, he his started, craft. He started a program in, in the forces mm. which teaches uh, service people uh, Shakespeare. Which is super cool. Yeah. So, like, obviously he just had this thing he knew he was good at, but also just kind of loved. Yeah. And he's just a, a hardworking, almost like a blue-collar movie star. Kind of. He seems yeah. a little bit like that, but someone who's also... Um, yeah, someone who's just, he's, he's, he doesn't care about being famous, but he does love the fact that by being famous, it allows him to explore so many different things in his craft, I think. Yeah. Which is great. And I think that's part of the reason why he likes being in Star Wars is the sense that it's just like, we this could, is super we could cool. I could definitely this. see him win an Academy Award one day. And the only reason he wouldn't would be because there's a, a schmoozing component that goes with it that I think he might be above. That's true. However, I would be shocked if he didn't win an Academy Award. Well, I mean, like Daniel Day-Lewis is above the schmoozing, but he's still got three of them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Adam Driver, as I think, I think he's one of those people. Uh, He's actually pretty rumored to get a nomination for Black Klansman as a sporting actor. So, wow. Great. I I haven't seen that movie, but I still really want to. It looked awesome. So it's look, it's, it's no more complicated than this. He has delivered the single best performance in a Star Wars movie. Full stop. Uh, no, I don't think you can say full stop with Ian McDermott in the conversation. I don't think you can say full stop. I think it's, I I mean, maybe we need to see episode nine first, but I think it's better. Yeah, but I don't, I, I don't, I wouldn't say full stop. Ian okay. McDermott in Revenge of the Sith is so good. He's good. I, I, and like, I, when you can say like best actor in all of Star Wars and uh, one of the podcasts I watch, uh, Rule of Two. Uh, it's done through Collider. It's it's a fun little one. They did kind of a Star Wars awards where they did like best actor, or best actress, that's and like cool. you would do it by like the movies and such. And I think Ian McDermott was nominated in Revenge of the Sith, and I think that's like on Twitter they had votes, and so I, I'm pretty sure that's who got my vote. But that's fine. I, I do believe Ian McDermott in Revenge of the Sith and Adam Driver in The Last Jedi are the two best acting jobs. Yeah, sensational. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I mean, it'll probably even be beaten by Adam Driver again in Episode Nine. Mm-hmm just because it's got to end on some big emotional notes. Oh, he's so... so he's going to be the one who's going to do yeah, most of he's it. he's so pent up now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, yeah, good for him. He's got a kid. Apparently, there's been some, like, uh, interviews that people have now looked back on and been like, 
oh yeah it was kind of obvious he just never ever said it like channing tatum apparently in a logan lucky interview makes a comment about him being a bartender and just like make mixing drinks for his kid yeah and no one ever looked at that no one ever clued into the fact mixing drinks for his kid means he has a kid <laughs> yeah that's right another one of those people and he's in the star wars family that nobody even seems to notice has a kid is donald glover donald glover oh, yeah. has a kid that's yeah. true i forgot about that yep yep so that's just kind of a cool it little kind of takes away from a their from some of their like like these guys are considered sex symbols right but if they're already like settled down family men in a certain way it makes them more appealing but also it kind of take i don't know if it makes them more mysterious or if it makes them just more adult i think adam driver it's purely on the basis of it's just like i don't want that for my kid yeah which i get I it which i think is awesome yeah he's he's great uh benioff and weiss yep. uh game of thrones guys they are gearing up to start star wars immediately after finishing all of everything they need to on game of thrones okay. so they're taking no break they're going right into it game of thrones is pretty much done yeah there's still post-production though yep. and such so my guess is they'll be working on that for a little while, but then they're going to go right into the writing process. Be nice if we could hear a director at some point uh, early next year. That would be really cool. Maybe yeah. Star Wars Celebration. Um, I don't expect to hear any news on what this is going to be about for a while, but it would be cool to hear who's going to be directing. Yeah. So I'm eager to hear about that and maybe the timelines. Uh, who knows? But it's good to hear that. So they're going to be the one that comes next, I guess, not Ryan Johnson's, but it's good to hear that Star Wars movies are being thought of for something 2021 and beyond so well look i mean we found out more i mean i assume you were going here next oh it'll it'll be coming okay uh do you want me to go into that now may as well yeah may as well go into that now in terms of um the cassian cassian andor and there being a new tv show that's going to focus on him and his time as a rebel spy starring diego luna starring diego luna which is awesome i'm super excited about that he's a huge star wars fan um and that's just really exciting that someone like that is able to be brought back we know his fate but at the same time he's someone who's got a cool story he grew up uh in a separatist family uh throughout the clone wars uh he's kind of a cutthroat rebel spy kind of the descriptions they have here is the rousing spy thriller that will explore tales filled with espionage and daring missions to restore hope to the galaxy and the grip of the ruthless empire now what do you say to people who find his character to be a little dull and perhaps overshadowed by Jyn Erso? Uh, i thought Jyn Erso was really fucking dull and i thought Cassian's a way better character okay uh k2so could be in this one which would be really exciting it would uh because that's a funny character but cassian's someone who He's in a bit of desperation mode in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. It's a latch stitch effort. He knows it's at the end of the line. He's doing something that he doesn't feel comfortable with on potentially assassinating Galen Erso, but he goes back on that because he knows it's not the right thing to do. And so he's a character who's more complex than he's given credit for because it's not fully developed in Rogue One. But I think it's something where pretty quickly people are going to grow to like him. I think he's going to be a similar character potentially to... Actually, I shouldn't say that now. He's exactly how I was expecting the Mandalorian to be. Okay. Kind of. Someone who was a little on both sides of morality. Yeah. But more along the side of his own agenda associated with some form of faction. Maybe a little bit more of a gunslinger. Whereas Cassian is still a rebel. Right. And part of the Rebel Alliance. So I'm not sure maybe if they'll deviate too much there, or maybe uh, the Mandalorian will be a gunslinger who's pretty ruthless and cold, and Cassian 
will be someone who's maybe a little less ruthless than we saw him in Rogue One mm-hmm. because he's a little bit more desperate in Rogue One. Okay. And so I think there's going to be a lot of room for that character to grow and develop and be really cool and see a gritty side of the Empire. I think it's a perfect vehicle to TV show. I'm really excited for this one. I think he's going to kill it. It's way down the road, though. Like, yep. it's way down the pipeline. Yeah, it'll be probably something that comes out in, um, like, fall 2020. Yeah. Which is not that far down the pipeline, considering the fact that we're going to get Mandalorian in fall 2019 or right. winter 2019. I would be surprised if it wasn't kind of coming out around the same time season two of that was, or a little bit before season two of that was, so that they're kind of staggered a little bit. Yeah. But I think this is really cool. Um, and kind of on that similar note, um, ILM, so Industrial Light and Magic, uh, has announced that they're expanding their offerings to visual effects and animation services and are now kind of focusing on a new division with IML, IL, ILM TV. Okay. So Lucasfilms officially created their own TV um, production of, company. Production company within ILM. Cool. So they've kind of created the division that has been long overdue. Yeah. So that's really good to see. I really hope that these Star Wars TV shows are handled better than the Marvel TV shows because that was really screwed up. Yeah, but the Marvel TV shows are going to get rebooted in the sense of Loki and Scarlet Witch and Falcon. These ones are being done in a new way. They're right. done with a much higher budget. You're right. These ones are going to... I am very confident that they're going to be done... Um, much better and much differently than Marvel TV shows have been done to date. Speaking of that, they've officially named the streaming service Disney Plus. Yes, Disney Plus. That's true. Uh, I think it was Disney Direct was the rumored one before, but Disney Plus is the is the final name they're going with, which yes. is fine name. Sure, whatever. super generic as yeah. hell, but oh well. Uh, just a little bit of thing I'm just going to read off here. Going, This is from uh, Diego Luna. Going back to the Star Wars universe is very special for me. I have so many memories of the great work we did together and the relationships we made throughout the journey. We have a fantastic adventure ahead of us, and this new exciting format will give us the chance to explore the character more deeply. So he's excited about that. No word on K2SO. Uh, just really nice to see somebody excited about Star Wars. Yeah, it's a good attitude for sure. Exactly. Someone else on that same notion, uh, Ron Howard, very open to coming back to the Star Wars world. Would really like that. Uh, I had a great experience with that. It would depend entirely on the story. My daughter Bryce is thrilled. She's been announced to be directing one of the new episodes of the series headed by John Favreau. She's having a great experience, and I'm kind of living it through her again. Nice. Uh, it's just creative inspired. It's it's just a creative inspired group of movie lovers who make these projects, and so he's interested in doing it again. And I'd be interested in giving him another crack. Me too. Ron Howard's awesome. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He seems like he's got a... I, nobody blames him for anything wrong in Solo. No, and I also would be uh, eager to see a lot of those elements of Solo come back in a television capacity, whether that's uh, Lando or Kira, Kira or whether that's um, Maul. Any of those I'd be intrigued to, to see kind of return. Or Val, even. Um, Woody Harrelson would never do it, but uh, any of those characters... You think as Woody Harrelson said he's not into... I don't think he would do TV. Oh, uh, well, he did I, He did True Detective, Detective but like... I don't think he would do this kind of TV. Woody Harrelson gets up. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know if anybody's above doing no, TV now. You're right. Maybe not. Yeah. I just, yeah, no, that's a really good point. Uh, I kind of just, because he does so many movies. Meryl does, Streep is doing TV. I think Woody so Harrelson will do big it. movies lately. But yeah, you're right. He, I guess it shouldn't be ruled out. I just, for some reason, don't see it happening. I don't know why. There's but, no need for it to happen. Yeah, I just don't see it happening with Beckett. No. Beckett, we already know everything we need to know about Beckett. Yeah. Uh, so it would be a waste, in my opinion, I in think. that regard. Um, but that's really cool. A uh, little bit on episode nine, uh, Richard E. Grant. Uh, he's so excited to be in this movie. Uh, he's, Refresh me on who that is. Uh, he's an older British actor. Uh, he's been cast in episode nine. Nobody okay. really knows what he's going to be. He gives off the hardcore look of somebody who would be an 
great Imperial or First Order officer, um, but we don't know exactly. Uh, so he's so excited about being in this movie, and nice. he's, he's been a little giddy to, to tell as much as he can to reporters and such. And so he's telling a little bit of a story just on the process in which he got the job. And so he was given uh, scenes from like a 1940s movie uh, where it was very kind of like old-timey talk and... Uh, it, one of the scenes was an interrogation scene, and there was a couple different scenes in which he had to give, and there was showing range with his character. And so he had no idea what it was for. Mm-hmm. He had no idea it was for Star Wars. Um, but that he heard that they wanted to bring him back, and so they sent a car, and then he was surprised because he's never been sent a car for an audition before. Oh, nice. And so when he got there... A good sign. Yeah, when he got there, uh, the people in the room were J.J. and Daisy Ridley. Well, that's also a and good sign. And the first thing he said, the first thing J.J. <laughs> said was... So you're going to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I need to check my calendar. And he says, I'm going to do what? <laughs> and so JJ's response was, so you're going to do it, right? Yeah. And he was like, of course I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. he just he clued in. But uh, so, yeah, he was super excited about that. People are kind of. What a great story. Oh, I know. It really is. Yeah. He just he had no idea. He comes into the room, doesn't even have to look at the script. It's like, of course, this is awesome. Yeah. Uh, but it's getting some people to think that it's more likely a confirmation that maybe he could be playing that imperial slash first order person that we always thought. Right. Uh, in the sense of an interrogation scene. However, I don't know. I think that could be a bit of a stretch. Uh, it would be something that would be leaked in not a great way. I think it's almost too fitting for the character to be that way, but yeah. we'll wait and see. At least we know they're going to, the character is going to show some intensity throughout the movie. And maybe that's the reason why. So. That's right can always kind of make those leaps, but it's kind of cool in that regard. Uh, one thing I just wanted to say, uh, Star Wars Newsnet, it's one of the best kind of news aggregators online of uh, Star Wars stories. And so I just saw this on there as I was kind of scrolling through because it's been a long time. I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything. Uh, so I'll check there every once in a while. Uh, and I just saw one of the articles and it just had a really cool title on it. And I didn't really get a chance to dive too deep into it, but I just wanted to talk about the title purely because the title was awesome. Okay. And the title of the article was... The Lost Prince of Alderaan, The Fall and Redemption of Ben Solo. Ooh. What a good title. I love calling him a Prince of Alderaan. The Lost Prince of Alderaan. Yeah. It's such a good title. It is good. And after reading Leia, Princess of Alderaan, it has another element of just like, yes. that's such a good title. What was the second part of the title? The Fall and Redemption of Ben Solo. Fall and Redemption of Ben Solo. The Redemption of Ben Solo is curious. Well, the Redemption of Ben Solo, a lot it's of... pending. People, it's pending. And I really am starting to go back to Plagueis in that... Snoke. Snoke is Plagueis and that that will be the turn. We will see, like, the I can't be defeated. I can see what's in your mind. Those kind of comments. It just, it doesn't make sense yeah. for him to die like that. And some people have pointed out his obsidian ring, the big black rock ring that he wears, mm-hmm. that has a couple interesting notions about it that you can read in um, the Star Wars, um, what are they called? Visual dictionaries? Yep. And so he wears this big black ring. It's an obsidian ring, Snoke mm-hmm. does. Uh, and the big obsidian rock is taken from the catacombs of Vader's castle. Okay. And we recently learned from a comic that the catacombs of Vader's castle is where Vader attempted to resurrect Padme. Okay. So it's a spot that has a history of resurrection and immortality. Uh-huh. There's this big obsidian rock that Snoke has on his hand, 
as he's reaching out and saying, I cannot be defeated. I yeah. see what's in your mind. And then he's cut in half. But you know what doesn't get cut in half? The ring. The arm that has the ring. Uh, it cuts him in half to cut off one arm and his torso. You think he starfishes the, back, to, but back not, to a body? Well, just that potentially he retains his consciousness Ooh. in that ring. And the next person to wear it will become absorbed by him potentially. You think and that freaking Snow- Kylo Ren be- Kylo Ren becomes becomes Plagueis? Potentially. And oh. that he becomes absorbed and that Snoke's just a carcass. Yeah. And that he's just like that's the reason why he's so destroyed but is because how do you how do you how do you get rid of him then? He's like a horcrux at the that whole, point. That's the reason why you can pull it as Ben Solo's not evil. He has been tormented this entire time by Snoke. Snoke has been slowly trying to take over him in a certain way. Well, Anakin Skywalker in that it wasn't evil either. I mean, well, yeah, and he was in that certain except kind for of that sense. isn't the great lesson in Star Wars is that everyone has good and bad in them. Exactly, and yeah. it, it, the great right lesson that George Lucas describes it, and I, I'm going to try and remember the words correctly here because I want to kind of quote him in the way he says it is. The key thing with Star Wars is people being put in a position of making a decision that's selfish or selfless yeah that is the key is whether you're going to choose what's right for you anakin loves padme yeah that is not what helps save the galaxy anakin chooses padme over the galaxy he is selfish he picks what he loves not what is necessary right and that selfishness is what destroys things Palpatine is the epitome of selfishness and lust for power. Yeah. Nothing else but selfishness. You can all draw it back to selfishness. Everything that is good with the light side of the force is all drawn back to selflessness. So those are kind of the key ways of, like, if you want to view the dark side as being one word, it's selfish. Okay, so hang on. If if Palpatine is the epitome, if he is uh, patient zero for selfishness in Star Wars, who is patient zero for good? Is it Luke? Yes, Probably. Yes. Yeah. And that's why so many people were frustrated, I think, by Luke being pessimistic in The Last Jedi. But I don't see that as a bad thing. Pessimism and selfishness are different. Yeah. Luke is misguided in thinking that by pulling himself away, he is doing what's going to protect people. When really, he is doing that to protect himself because of how ashamed he is. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can like, you can draw out these inferences. But it's, it's interesting because you can really pull back... Ben Solo and make the character so much more like you can really see more sympathy in him if you're able to see that he's being manipulated to a higher level than we've seen ever before uh, in ways in which if you can see him trying to fight back against that in this movie and if you can see it whereas he doesn't need to come to the good side right and Ray doesn't need to go bad but it's that they're both needing to join together light and dark balance to defeat this ever-present Snoke, this mm-hmm. Plagueis, this plague, this thing that can't die, mm-hmm. this thing that won't go away, this plague that has infected him. Yep. The names all have meaning. It does, yeah. It's a plague for a reason. And that's right. why I think, like, there's just too many things that's built up over time. The Force Awakens, I think, has a lot more. I think will show so much more as to what will occur in episode nine than The Last Jedi. Yeah. And I think if you read adaptations of The Force Awakens and the things that led up to The Force Awakens that people had learned about after reading scripts from J.J., those books that initially started off canon again had notions from J.J. They didn't just go willy-nilly. They were directed in a certain direction. Yeah. J.J. was 
had a clear vision on certain things, not a full arcing vision, but there are certain seeds that were planted that people have forgotten about. Sure. And I think we need to go back to those basics to be able to really kind of see some things and pull some new things here and there, like a reminder from that comic, really kind of sparking up the notion of that obsidian ring again, getting yeah. people to think about it. And it's just so obvious. And all the things that we saw in The Last Jedi that made us all think, no way, that's not it. Yeah. None of them are inconsistent with our initial theories. I agree. None of them. I agree. So that's my singing that's my song and speech but it's getting me just so excited about episode nine and all the ways in which we can see these characters become different things there's been heavy rumors that matt smith may be coming in to play young emperor palpatine yeah you're not into it uh, i'm not into it at all i hate the notion of anyone other than ian mcdermott at this point unless you're doing a miniseries okay in which case he is not just the main focus but you are able to see the rise of young palpatine and the influences around him and his master learning about Plagueis. I want that story, the way that it was told in Legends. Cool. I don't want young Palpatine inserted into this story. Now, bring me old Palpatine, Ian McDermott, as a hologram or as a, uh, what are they called? Um, you compared it to a Horcrux, but in Star Wars, they're holocrons. Yeah. Uh, a Sith holocron of Emperor Palpatine. Any of these things work perfectly within canon and can bring back Ian McDermott to influence uh, either Snoke, some dark side user, or Kylo Ren in some way to bring things full circle in a nice way. You don't need to use time travel or flashback to show Matt Smith. Uh, yeah, do okay. it as do it as a hologram. All right, cool. Um, I think they're a little bit nervous to to use to young people down with with CG the way they have with Leia and Tarkin because people are kind of divided on it. True, but things are people are getting less and less and less divided on it. And if anyone has ever seen Samuel L. Jackson. And any of the pictures for Captain Marvel, you won't be worried about it anymore. Yeah. He looks exactly like he does in Die Hard with a Vengeance from the 80s. Right. Exactly. It's cool. creepy. And this cool. is a movie coming out next year. Cool. It's weird. Yeah. But that's exciting. Yeah. And in that same notion, you don't need to D.A.G. McDermott as a hologram. You make him emperor. Right. You you don't make it as a young Palpatine hologram. You make him the emperor. It's makeup anyway. It's exactly. All, yeah. So it's extremely easy to pull off in that right. regard. Um. I'm just excited to see what's going to be coming, and hopefully uh, when we chat again next week, there'll be even more cool rumors. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Exactly. Okay, uh, the only birthday wish I want to give to continue the love fest next Monday, Adam Driver's having a birthday. Whoop, whoop. Happy birthday to Adam Driver. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to catch up to us for part four of this season uh, of Recorder 66, watch the first 80-ish minutes, 75 to 80 minutes of Attack of the Clones. If you want to send us any feedback, you can tweet us at Recorder66 or email recorder 66 podcast at gmail.com rate and review on uh, itunes and uh until we're together again may the force be with you